The speech you're about to hear was recorded live at the Cougar Cage Camp, Washington State University, 1977. This talk by Coach George Raveling has become very important in the lives of the many young people who have attended this outstanding basketball camp. Prior to becoming head basketball coach at Washington State University, George Raveling was a two-year All-American at Villanova, and he has now become one of the most prominent speakers in the sports world. This talk is titled, If It Is To Be, It's Up To Me. Here he is, Coach George Raveling. For six years now, on a Friday afternoon at this same time, I walk out in front of the campers to talk to them. And each time I walk out in front of them, I have certain thoughts that are paramount in my mind. One is that far too often in life, people tell other people what they want to hear instead of what they ought to hear. And so what I want to do with you for a little while is to tell you some things that I think that you ought to hear and perhaps you don't want to hear. Being a realist, I realize that I'm not going to reach every one of you. As I talk, there'll be a certain segment of you that'll be daydreaming. There'll be a certain segment of you that'll be asleep. There'll be a certain segment of you that'll be talking to their buddy. There'll be a certain segment of you that'll be laughing. And those people there will comprise the failure. The people who didn't take advantage of opportunities that were available to them. Because all it really takes is a little discipline to sit and listen to what might have a very lasting effect on your life. We're not just talking about the game of basketball. We're talking about the game of life. See, what some of you will never learn is that there's a distinct difference between listening and hearing. Hearing encompasses a, a, a sound wave passing into one ear, through the brain, and out the other. And I will suggest that probably 60% of you seated here today will only hear me unless you're deaf. But the other proportion of people will listen because they realize that listening encompasses a sound wave entering the brain, being analyzed, stored, and digested. And those are the people that'll benefit the most. And those are the people that generally get ahead much quicker in life. Those people that understand the importance of listening. What I like to do is to try to reach inside of some of you and stir your mind and touch your heart and try to get you to have a more positive self-image. Because a lot of you young fellows here today, 
really don't like yourself. A lot of you young fellows here today don't really have an awful lot of confidence in yourself. A lot of you young fellows here today are on a collision course towards failure because you don't have yourself programmed to be a success. You're too interested in trying to be a big shot instead of just doing what it takes to be successful in life. Every one of you guys here today could be a success. But the first step in being a success is that you've got to be your own man. See, it comes down to this, men. Either you run your own life or somebody else is going to run it for you. But it's going to be run. Either you're going to run it or somebody else is going to run it. And there's a lot of people that can't run their own life. There's a lot of people that don't have the backbone to say to the buddy, hey man, cool it. I want to listen. This guy just might say one thing that could make me better than I was when I came here Sunday. Now, if you want to talk, find somebody else to talk to because I put $121 down and I want to get my money's worth. This camp to me was an investment. I invested $121 in this camp and I want to get $121 back. How do you get $121 back? You take the information you learned here this week at camp, you take it home, and you work on it on a daily basis. You set up a plan for yourself, and you practice day after day after day. If you've been practicing two hours a day, five days a week, you got to start practicing three hours a day, seven days a week if you want to be better than you were yesterday. Always want to be better than you were yesterday out there. And the thing that you've got to realize is that practice is like a bank, men. If you don't put anything in, you can't take anything out. If you put $50 in the bank, they let you take $50 out. If you put $75 in the bank, they let you take $75 out. And if you put $100 in the bank, they let you take $100 out. No more, no less. And whatever you put into practice is what you're going to get out of practice. And that's how it works. I don't care who we brought to this basketball camp, they cannot make you a great basketball player. John Wooden couldn't make you a great basketball player. Red Allback couldn't. Dean Smith, Bobby Knight, Jerry Tarkanian. None of those guys could make you a great basketball player. What they can do is tell you the basic ingredients that are necessary to become a great athlete. And then it's up to you to accept or reject their advice. Fortunately for a host of players who played for John Wooden, they accepted that advice. Because John Wooden didn't make Bill Walton a great basketball player. He didn't make Jabbar a great basketball player. He didn't make Goodridge or Wicks or Rowe or Walt Hazard or Richard Washington or David Myers great basketball players. What he did is told them what they had to do to become great basketball players. But Jabbar made himself a great basketball player. Keith Wilkes made himself a great basketball player. Goodridge, Wicks, Rowe, Richard Washington, Myers, 
They made themselves great basketball players. They went out and they accepted the advice of their coach and they did those things that were necessary to become great players. And that's what you have to do. You have to take the things that you learn here at camp and take them out and work on them on a daily basis. On a daily basis. And what you've got to do is you've got to hear an echo in your mind every day starting tomorrow for the rest of your life. There's got to be a simple echo in your mind if you're going to be successful. And I'll tell you what that echo is. If you were to go into my office right now and look on my door, there are four signs hanging around my name tag. And the one that sits directly above my nameplate says, if it is to be, it's up to me. If it is to be, it's up to me. If I am to be the person that I want to be, it's up to me. If I'm going to be All-American, it's up to me. If I'm going to be a doctor, a lawyer, or a school teacher, it's up to me. If I'm going to be that person that I know that I can be, it's up to me. If it is to be, it's up to me. It's not up to anybody else but me. I'm the only one that can make that person that I want to be. And any time I'm not that person that I want to be, I can always do something about it. Because I can call a meeting and gather together the forces that are keeping me from being that person I want to be. Because each and every one of us today are where we are because that's exactly where we want it to be. Because if we didn't want to be the person we are today, we could change it right away. Because the person that's keeping you from being that person that you want to be, you can have a meeting with him as soon as you leave this room. When you go back to your room, you can call a meeting with that guy that's keeping you from being the person you want to be. All you have to do is go in the bathroom and look in the mirror. And you can talk to the guy that's keeping you back from being the person you want to be. You shave him every day. You comb his hair every day. You brush his teeth. You wash him. You feed him and you put him to bed. And anytime you want to find out why you're not where you're supposed to be, just call a meeting and ask the guy in the mirror, Hey, buddy, why are you keeping me from being what I ought to be? Why won't you let me be the person I ought to be? Fellas, God gave each and every one of us 84,600 seconds a day to do something with. 
What are you doing with that 84,600 seconds? What are you doing? So you take those 84,600 seconds and try to build, or do you try to destroy? Do you try to laugh, or do you try to cry? Do you take those 84,600 seconds and do you say to yourself, yes, I can, or do you say to yourself, no, I can't? Do you say we're going to win, or do you say we're going to lose? Do you take those 84,600 seconds and do you say, I'm going to be that person. Or do you say, I'm going to be nobody. What do you really do with those 84,600 seconds, men? Remember, if it is to be, it's up to me. It's not up to mom. It's not up to dad. It's not up to the coach or my buddy. If it is to be, it's up to me. A fellow not too many years ago went back through the record books of the Olympics and researched all the Olympic champions to the present day. And you know what he found out, men? That the average champion is five foot ten, a hundred and seventy pounds. Five foot ten, a hundred and seventy pounds. Just average guys who operate their lives in an extraordinary way. And you say to yourself that I can't be this thing that I want to be. I'm too short. I'm too fat. I'm black, or I'm Indian, or I'm Jewish, or I'm Chicano, or I'm poor, or I, I'm crippled, or I'm slow. All crutches that you use to hold yourself back in society. Just think about that sometimes. The average champion, five foot ten, 170 pounds. But you know what, men? If they cut that 5'10", 170-pound guy open, they'd find a 9-foot heart inside of him, a heart that's beaten with enthusiasm and desire, a heart that's goal-oriented and has a thirst to want to succeed. It's so easy, men, to get your money's worth if you'll just do the little things. You realize that if you went out today and you read one book a month for an entire year, you'd automatically be in the top one percentile of the intellectual elite in the world. Did you know that 80% of the books in the average public library in America are never checked out, or that 70% of the 
are the people in this country, once they finish their formal education, never read an entire book again? Never read an entire book. If you were to go out and to run around the block once a day, every day for an entire year, you'd be in the top 1% in the world in physical condition. If you just went out and ran around the block once a day, every day for a year. So I think what I'm trying to tell you is it's what you do with your free time in that's going to have a direct bearing on your success or failure in life. Everyone's going to be practicing two to three hours a day. But those people that are going to get ahead are the ones that are willing to get up a little earlier in the morning and go to bed a little later at night, who are willing to burn the midnight oil, who are willing to make a way out of no way. I believe with all my heart and soul that God programmed every single individual sitting in this room to be a success. People don't want to be failures. They just don't know how to be successful. Maybe what we ought to do is examine success. What is success? Is it having a big home, an expensive car, a bank account full of money? No, I don't really think so. Some of the most unhappy people I've ever seen in my lifetime are those individuals who possess the most. They have it all except happiness because money doesn't buy happiness. To me, success is being that thing that you want it to be in life more than anything else and doing the best and being the best. Being the best doctor, being the best lawyer, being the best athlete, being the best school teacher, being the best street sweeper, being the best farmer. But sweeping your street so well that even a host of angels couldn't sweep it any better to be the best of whatever you are. To be the best. 75% of being successful is mental. Forming the right mental frame of mind. Opening up your body and your mind to let the success elements enter in. Keep in mind that God programmed each and every one of you to be a success. God took a chance on you, so how about you taking a chance on yourself and dare to be great? And one of the things that you've got to do if you want to be successful, men, is learn to associate with the proper people. And my observation here this week, there are a few of you that need to change the associations you have with various people. 
One of the rare things I remember from sociology when I was in college was a saying that the professor verbalized one day. He said, association brings upon assimilation. And I think what he was trying to say in a more highly organized manner was this, that we become part of that atmosphere, that environment that we associate with. If we associate with winners, we become winners. If we associate with losers, we become losers. If you want to learn how to make $30,000 a year, you don't go ask a guy making $10,000 a year. If you want to learn how to become a doctor, you don't go talk to a farmer about it. If you want to learn how to be a lawyer, you don't go talk to a baseball player about it. You've got to put yourself in that environment. And if you put yourself in the wrong environment, you become part of that environment. I think what you have to do then is to decide right now, if you already haven't done so, what it is that you want to be. I don't care if you're 8 or 18. You must decide today, what do I want to be? How many of you have ever sat down and had a serious conversation with yourself about what do I want to be? Where am I going in life? Am I getting things done? See, men, inside of you right now, there's a little voice that's carrying on a conversation with you. They call that self-talk. That voice moves at about five times the speed of sound. And every day, you carry on a mental conversation with yourself. You're doing it right now. Has that conversation ever got around to the subject of, what do I want to be? How does one go about that? I think, first of all, you ought to pick something in life that you want to do so bad that if they didn't pay you to do it, you'd do it anyway. Men, my observation of life includes this. There's a large proportion of people in the country today that are only working for the money, but not the love of the profession. There are a lot of people working today who don't really love their job. You've seen them. You've heard them talk. How'd work go today? Oh, it, the boss was on me. Got 20 assignments I got to get out. And they, 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 don't, they don't love me. They don't they care about me. The boss never appreciates this and that, you know. But did you ever think that that's why they pay you to do those jobs? If the guy never tells you he loves you, they're paying you to do a job. They're not paying you to, to be loved. The guy gave you an assignment, and he wants it done. And we have to get the job done. Two years ago, I was going to Portland, Oregon to speak at a basketball camp. I was going to Eugene, in fact. 
And when I got to Portland and changed planes to go to Eugene, just as I was getting on a plane, I noticed a tall, athletic-looking individual carrying a suit bag that said Converse All-Stars on it. And much like you, it was obvious that he was probably a pro basketball player. So when I got on a plane, I looked to see who it was because I could never see the person's face. And it turned out to be Rick Barry. So I took a seat beside him on the plane, and we talked about numerous things as we moved toward Eugene. And I asked him about the pro salaries and how the owners could continue to pay the exorbitant prices that they were paying for athletes. And he said an interesting thing to me. He says, George, honestly, I think the owners are fools. He said, to pay us the type of money that they pay us. He says, you know, I love playing basketball so much, George, that if they didn't pay me, I'd still play. He said, if our owner came in tomorrow and said, gang, we're all out of money. We can't pay you anymore, but we'd like for you to continue to play. He said, I honestly believe I'd keep playing because I love playing the game of basketball. And I think therein lies the secret of what your vocation should be in life. Finding something that you want to do in life so bad that if they didn't pay you, you'd do it anyway. That's how I feel about my job here at Washington State. There's nothing in this whole wide world that I would rather do than to be the basketball coach at Washington State. Every morning when I get up, it's a new adventure, it's a new day, it's a new opportunity, it's a big mountain to be climbed, it's a goal to be accomplished, it's an opportunity to enlarge myself. And if they didn't pay me, I still want to be the basketball coach at Washington State because I find it rewarding and fulfilling. And that's how I think that most of us have to look at that thing that we want to be. Is it rewarding and is it fulfilling and can I find happiness with it? So you've got to learn to love your work. The next thing I think you've got to understand, men, is that life is not a fun game. Most of us envision it as being that, but fellas, I'm going to tell you that one day, the day of reckoning is going to come. And you're going to have to go up before the man. And when you enter his office, he's going to say, have a seat, son. And he's going to reach behind him to a large bookcase that he has. And he's going to pull down a book, and it's going to have your name on it. It's going to say, Raveling. And he's going to open that book, and he's going to set it on his desk, and he's going to say, All right, Raveling, I put you down there on earth for 60 years. And here were the things that I wanted you to accomplish during that lifetime. And then he's going to point to a chart on the wall. And he's going to say, There was the amount of talent that I gave you to accomplish those things 
written in this book. What are we to say when we see the chart and we find out we had that much talent and we used that much of it? What are we going to say when he says, why did you only lose 40% of the talent I gave you? Are you going to say, we were in the pack eight with UCLA and Southern Cal, and they get a lot of quality athletes. Are you going to say, we were in Pullman, Washington, and it's a small town and it's tough to recruit to? Are you going to say, well, I didn't know. I thought it was all right to take a vacation while I was watching television. Or we didn't have good players. Or we didn't have a big enough budget. He doesn't want to hear all those excuses, men. He just listened to a whole morning full of people making excuses and just sent a truckload down. And he doesn't want to hear any excuses from you. So what I want to be able to say when the time comes is I want to be able to go up there and when he asks me about those same questions, I want to be able to say, Lord, we might not have won the Pac-8 championship. We might not have won the NCAA championship. But every day of my life, I tried to run a fast race. I tried to fight an aggressive battle. I tried to give it my best shot and empty out every ounce of energy inside of my body. Every single day of my life, I tried to give you all I had inside of me. And I think that then he will say, enter and be part of us. Truly you did run a fast race and fight an aggressive battle and give it your best shot. And isn't that what we all want? To have a favorable verdict about life? The thing is that if we're going to have a favorable verdict about our lifestyle, we've got to learn that we have to row our own boat in life. If it is to be, it's up to me.